morning, everyone, and welcome to Hour 2 of Faith Radio Mornings here on the 10th of October. I'm your host for the show, Dr. Peter Kapsner, and I'm sitting alongside producers Logan Rausch and Paul Perot in the studio. They do such a great job running the sound and keeping the news flowing every morning for all of us as we talk about relevant news items, special interest topics with guests from around our country, and we'll do so from the Christian perspective of real faith and genuine hope. And certainly our guests will have their opinions. Some of them are going to be more conservative-leaning. Some of them will be more liberal-leaning, but all of them will be following the same Jesus. And it's important to stay anchored to that, not discipled maybe by Fox News or CNN, but remain followers of Jesus. And one of those people is in studio with me, Bill English, right now of BibleandBusiness.com. He is our regular Wednesday guest on Faith Radio Mornings at this time. And I know you love to chat with Bill when you have the opportunity as well. So he is here and available if you want to text or call the studio at 877-933-2484. And Bill is certainly willing to take any questions you might have about business, about your vocation, and about even the subject we're going to cover in a little bit, which is how do we handle job separation, whether we are quitting and uh, need to know how to do that on good terms or whether we're terminated by the organization. One of the trickiest things that we can engage with from a business Standpoint. So, good morning, Bill. Well, good morning. Being being uh, discipled by Fox News. Now, there, there's a phrase I hadn't heard that before. Yeah, we have a, a theologian who's on the program regularly, Bill Ashford, who does a lot of writing actually for oh, Fox he? News, and he, yeah. he's you know he's covered around the nation, and he talks specifically about avoiding being discipled by these news organizations. We spend a ton of time. Oh, did I say Bill? Bruce Ashford, not Bill. Bruce Ashford, <laughs> and he, but he talks uh, at length. Logan's laughing. Yeah, I know. Over. Logan, but Logan laughs at me all morning long, which is wonderful. <laughs> he talks at length about what we let into our minds, you know, and I think many yeah. of us end up watching yeah. a news source for two, three, four hours at a time. And our minds, Bill, are malleable. There's a plasticity in our brain. We really do get impacted by those things upon which we dwell. And it affects the way we view the world. And I think many of us unknowingly are, are sort of shaped by news organizations far more than we are by the kingdom of God. Yeah, and that's, that's because we put way too much stock in what government and news organizations can do for us, right? Yeah. And those those people, by the way, are very skilled at keeping your attention, whether it's radio or television or whoever. Their whole job is to get capture your attention, keep you there for as long as possible, so they have higher ratings and they can charge more for their advertising. Yeah, certainly within churches and businesses and, and including the media, there's a lot of demographic analysis done to try to understand the psychology of people. And then it gets to be this reinforcing kind of reality where the host of a show or somebody who is on one of these sites understands the psychology of their audience and plays to it to keep them sort of stuck to the show. It's one of those things, frankly, uh, Bill, that I have trouble with ethically and morally that can you use people's psychology against them, whether it's in marketing, whether it's even being a radio show host like this. I, I Against them, I don't know, but you can use it to your leverage to try to gain new customers. That's what marketing is all about. I mean, 98% of marketing is about that concept. Yeah, I know that in the biblical text, uh, Jesus says things like, uh, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Don't swear an oath under heaven or earth. And so often what we want to do is is sort of swear this oath or do something that will override another person's judgment. That's really what's underneath that passage Jesus is talking about is what practices do we do to try to get past somebody's judgment in order to get them to do what we want them to do. And, and marketing, you've been in business a long time. Uh, I would love your take on that idea that you know marketing can effectively get past people's critical analysis and their judgment, and pretty soon we've got them. You know, and we call it nice terms like customer retention or stickiness and those sorts of things. I'd be curious your thoughts. Can marketing ever truly be ethical if we're getting past people's judgment? 
Well, yeah, the, 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 what, what goes through my mind when you were saying this, because I've never thought about it from this angle, is losing control. Do we lose control of our ability to make volitional choices? Right. Absolutely. And so if we're leading somebody to to a place where they really don't have a volitional choice, then that probably a sin on our part. And I don't know where that line is. That would be a very fuzzy gray line. How much of marketing does that? I don't know. Do you you know, you put a pretty girl next to a car, are you looking at the car or the girl, right? You That's know? Exactly it. How much of how much of our marketing is built around really the base instincts uh that we have, either fear or uh wanting to be accepted through sexuality. Or, you know, you can probably name a couple others. Satisfaction probably will be a third one. Convenience or comfort would be a fourth one. Uh, you got to really be careful as a Christian in your marketing. I do think it's possible to be done, uh, but you don't want to embellish. You don't want to extend that too far, and, and you need to be very careful about what you're saying. Well, it's certainly an important conversation, and maybe we can cover that segment sometime in our segment on BibleandBusiness.com about what it means to be marketed to and, and not letting some of these news organizations shape our thinking so much. Sure. That's Bill English of BibleandBusiness.com. And, Bill, when we come back, we'll cover a little bit about your trip to Israel coming up here. I know we're very excited about that, and then we'll talk specifically about how we can gracefully handle the separation process when we have to leave an organization. So lots more to come with Bill English here from BibleandBusiness.com. Back to Faith Radio Mornings. I always love that Huey Lewis and the news song, The Power of Love. Bill and I have to clue Logan in sometimes here in studio that there was music before the year 2000, and this was one of the great hits that Bill English loves, and it's part of his walk-up music for this great Wednesday segment that we do, BibleandBusiness.com. And Bill, you're heading to Israel, from what I understand. Is it next I am. week? Uh, no, wheels up Saturday morning, 8.30. Wheels up on Saturday morning. So yeah. you are getting on a Dodge just before the snow, or kind of as the snow is hitting Minnesota here, really early in the season. It's 82 in Tel Aviv. What can I say? Oh, you're killing me. Well, so you've been to Israel before. Yeah, I have. And yeah. if you can kind of just project out in your mind's eye, if there is one place you just say, I can't wait to get back to there, where would that place be? Has there been a specific place? Because I know when people go to the Holy Land, it has a pretty meaningful impact in terms of the sacredness of the land. Is there a place that you just can't wait to get back to? Uh, sea of Galilee. It's okay. just so beautiful there, and so much of Christ's ministry was around the Sea of Galilee. His headquarters for his ministry was in Capernaum, yeah. as as we know, and of course that's where Pe- that's where he raised Peter's mother from the dead. And we're going to go to the church where you know Jesus walked, and there's 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 a lot of things in the Sea of Galilee. It's such a beautiful, restful quiet place still today there really is there's such a distinct lack of commercialization around the sea of galilee i know i so enjoy jerusalem but at times i just think oh gosh it feels a little bit like the wisconsin dells or something you know it's been over commercialized in parts it still is amazing but when you get into more of the remote places like the sea of galilee there really is this sense of boy this may have been what it was like 2000 years ago yeah it wouldn't have been all that different uh 2000 years ago when christ was here Uh, i love the sea of galilee um i personally Personally, I don't care for Jerusalem all that much, yeah. even in spite of all the history there. It's just so commercialized. 
and but I do like um, also what was the other place? Um, it just left my mind. Well, so. there's lot, the interesting thing about Israel is how small of a country it is, oh, yeah. and how diversified the geography of the land is. I mean, you have snow and mountainous regions in the north, and that's the equivalent of driving from Minneapolis to Duluth. And then in the south, you've got the Red Sea and the Dead Sea, and all the. Yeah. It's just a phenomenal place geographically. Yeah, a lot of people like to go and float in the Dead Sea. I don't particularly care for that, but it. But the weather there around the Dead Sea is amazing. Masada, I'm looking forward to seeing Masada again. Yep. And I'm also looking forward to seeing the the caves and the cliffs of Engedi. Uh, I also found that the uh, that looking at the valley between Jerusalem way on the left, way in the distance, and Jericho way on the right in the distance, and then thinking about how uh, Elijah and Elisha traversed that uh, before Elijah was taken up into. Uh, you know, by by the chariot of fire. I think that that's a, that's another great place to be. So, for those who have never been <clears throat> to Israel, what you have to, you know, if you get a chance to go, you got to go because it just uncorks how you read the Bible. It so really does. much of the scriptures uh, is enhanced by understanding the geography of the of the land. And to your point, when you go to the caves of Engedi, for example, and you see where David was likely hiding from Saul as he was on yeah. the run, I mean, it just it really does bring those stories to life. Well, we look forward to when you come back, give us a report. You're gone for about two weeks. Yeah, we're gone for two weeks. Uh, 14 days we're gone. Great. Well, I know for our segment today on BibleAndBusiness.com, you sent some notes around how tricky it can be when there's a separation of employee from the organization. And sometimes that separation happens because of resignation or they quit their job. Other times it's because the employee is terminated, sometimes for financial reasons, sometimes for moral reasons, lots of different reasons why there's a separation. Let's get into some of the different dynamics of that. And if you have a question about this specific situation as you're listening, you can certainly call or text at 877-93-FAITH. And, Bill, this is pretty uh, pretty raw for you at this point. You just went through a situation where there was some termination that happened. Yeah, we just, uh, in this turnaround that we're doing, we finally hit the spot where we had to... uh where we had to, uh, you know, terminate some uh, positions, you know, eliminate some positions in order to, to get to break even and start to build ourselves towards profitability. We did everything we could to, to avoid that, but it, it just didn't work out that way. And so, yeah, it's it's pretty raw for me. I think from a Christian perspective, if you're the employer doing the terminating, a you need to show respect, but b you need to you need to remember that God has something in this for the employee. Uh, God may be moving them along uh, to something else. If you're the employee, always hold your your job with an open hand mm. and don't think that you have to have it in order to uh, be sustained financially or otherwise. If someone comes along and, and, and terminates you, uh, for whatever reason, just realize that that is, that is very well uh, your opportunity to trust God and to say, okay, God, what's next? And not really hold your your position with such a closed fist. And as you went through this termination process here recently, do you get a sense when employees come in the room that there's kind of that uh oh, and and they yeah, sort of sense is. that it's coming? So yeah. what are even? I, I've got to believe the first maybe even minute of that conversation is some of the most important part of that conversation. Or how, I mean, what does that? How does that go for you, Bill? You know, I what I figure is that uh, within 30 to 45 seconds, their emotions are through the roof, and whatever I say after that, they're not going to hear. Yeah. Uh, it's just not, they're not going to process it. So I'm, I'm very clear. I, in this instance, I said this is strictly a financial decision. This is not performance-related, and I'm sorry, but this is your last day here at, uh, at this particular company. And then our HR director took over and started to talk about, you know, the various uh, exit 
elements that HR has to talk about. Um, I hate those days. Yeah. I, I've done that several times. I've, I've laid off a number of people. I hate it every time. I, I never, it takes me the whole weekend. I literally went home and on Saturday I slept most of the day and on Sunday I slept a good part of the day except during the Vikings win over the Eagles. That was fun. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I was kind of depressed. Yeah. You know, Friday night and Saturday and a good part of Sunday. It, those are hard things. You get in, you have to be clear, to the point, get out. There is no good way to do this. There is no way to say to do this without some people feeling like you just slapped them in the face or some people feeling like you were just totally disrespectful. Why didn't you do it this way? Why didn't you do it that way? It doesn't really matter how you do it. It's not going to come across well. And I I suspect you see a range of emotions in those moments. I mean, there was quite a few employees from what I understand this time around. And I've got to believe you see anger, you see, you see sadness, you see a range of things. And boy, it just, it's got to just be so difficult. People's true colors come out. And uh, some people get real mad. Uh, Some people uh, are very accusatory towards you. And yet I had some people who were crying and saying, I know how hard this is for you, Bill. And, and your heart just goes out to them because they have such good hearts. They have, they're really good people, and you don't want to let them go, but you don't have a choice. Well, and I would think in those moments how people respond uh, can actually set a pathway in the future in terms of not burning bridges organizationally in any situation. I'd love to talk. We'll take a short break. Yeah. I'd love to talk with you about that topic when we come yeah. back is whether you've been terminated or whether you're choosing to leave an organization, how you do it well so that bridges aren't burned relative to the future. So more to come with Bill English here from BibleAndBusiness.com. It's about 21 minutes past the hour here on Faith Radio Mornings and having an enjoyable and insightful conversation with Bill English of BibleAndBusiness.com. And Bill, before the break, we were talking quite a bit about terminating employees and the difficulty around that. And you mentioned during the break that it really does go against the grain uh, for us as believers because yeah. we're meant for a relationship with each other. And then all of a sudden we see the termination of this relationship. Boy, that is just really hard for everybody involved. It is. And so, you know, you, what, what you try to do is couch that in terms of I'm terminating a professional relationship. I'm not terminating a personal relationship with you. But that's really tough to separate that out. Well, and certainly I know churches can really struggle with that because in theory, they're supposed to be part of the one body community of God together kind of thing. And and again, we, this would be for an entirely different segment, but how do churches live vocationally with each other in the midst of what's supposed to be these Christian relationships? You know, I think if you're a business owner or a business leader, you have to really think twice about employing people in your church and you have to think twice about employing family or friends. It's just in, in this society, in this day and age, given the number of transitions that we have, both employees leaving and and uh, employers terminating, it just seems to me that uh, you might be better off just having an arm's length transaction all the time. Well, and I think people, especially when there is this transaction of this termination or separation that happens, if there's any amount of frustration that's underpinning it on some level, I think the temptation in the moment, right, is to say something that you might end up regretting much later. And how important is it that you keep the bridges intact? And it doesn't mean that you stuff or stifle everything that might have been difficult. But, boy, burning bridges is never a great policy in terms of just life in general. How do do you keep bridges intact, whether you've been 
terminated, whether you're walking away from the job. What does that look like to you? Again, I think I think I come back to the comments I made at the beginning of the first segment. You have to understand that God is in control. God is sovereign. If you are if you have been terminated, uh, that's God's indication that he's moving you along to something else. No need to get angry at your employer. These burning bridges are always based in the soil of anger and and potentially revenge. Right. And uh, you just don't want to live there. That's not how you want to have a a relationship. That's not what God calls us to. Well, and I think to the extent, uh, Bill, that that's been part of my journey as a business owner, we've had to let people go from time to time. And and you really still you, you want to really support that person. You really want to come around them. And so. For those people that don't burn bridges when they leave, it's really easy as a past employer to support them and vociferously so at times and say, you really should hire this person. I mean, it's really about the future, whether you ever come back to that organization or not. It's it's yeah. really about leaving those relationships intact. So for some of the relationships that we've had to terminate recently, uh, at Platinum at least, we come back around and we offer consulting contracts to help them finish up some of their work and maybe to to not cherry pick, but to grab some of their core competencies and use them in the future on a consulting basis. Um, we also are uh, loath to burn bridges at Platinum. So if we do happen to terminate somebody within a particular engagement that we're on, We'll see if there's another engagement we can invite them into at some point in the future just to let them know that this was only about that engagement. It wasn't about them as a person. And so we've actually, I've actually done that with two people who last Friday we had to kind of end the relation, the professional relationship. I'm already bringing both of them into other engagements so that they know it's not personal. Yeah, and I'm sure you've probably dealt with this personally along your own journey, too. I know when I was 32 years old or so, I was serving a a pastor of community life in a large church and got the news just before Christmas while my wife was pregnant with our second child that they were going through a reorganization and uh, they were were shifting some of the staff positions and my position was being eliminated. Boy, those first few moments are really, really difficult. And yet, because the bridges were left intact in those moments, it circled back around and we stayed part of the organization, in that case, a church in a lot of ways, even began to work there at other times in the future. It does speak to as troubling as it is, and Hallie and I were quite concerned about our future in those moments and frustrated at levels, of course, all of what you would experience in those moments, but you just never really know what the future is going to hold otherwise. Well, and that's why if you are employing or being employed by someone at your church, just understand that a termination can affect the entire body of Christ in that church. And that's why, uh, unless you've got really two mature parties there, uh, I really uh, shy away from hiring people that I go to church with or uh, very very definitely do not hire my friends or my family. Well, that would be a topic, too. We've got a couple minutes left here. I know that there's quite a bit of advice out there where friends might have good ideas together, and then some friends will end up saying, you know what, we probably shouldn't work together because it doesn't often end well. And so if the professional relationship ends, oftentimes the personal relationship ends as well. It does. It does. And that's why, you know, if friends want to get together and start a business, you really need to shore up the buy-sell agreement. You need to shore up the roles, the methods of accountability. You have to be able to take the friendship hat off and put the partner hat on and really uh, actually be a partner. You probably need third party to help you uh, put that together. 
Spill English of BibleandBusiness.com. Bill is actually headed to Tel Aviv as soon as this Saturday, from what I understand, right? Yep, headed headed there. And then uh, best practices. Yeah, oh, you do have a conference coming up as well. That's we in do. mid-November. So tell us in our last uh, minute or so here a bit about the best practices conference. Yeah, best practices conference is going to be held on November 14th. It's our third year at Platinum doing this. Yeah. I'm, I'm the main energy behind it. And uh, we're going to have uh, uh, some really top-notch speakers come in and talk about the best practices for how they either run their business or rejuvenated their business. So just some quick highlights. Lee Schramm, CEO of Deluxe Corporation, is going to be speaking on how to reinvigorate our dying business. Uh, Howard and Julie Tripp at, at Real Avid in Plymouth, Minnesota, uh, uh, an outdoor uh, hunting uh, accessory company. They're going to talk about how they've been married for over 30 years and been business partners for over 30 years. they got a great business and a great marriage. What do they do to wow. make that all work, right? Wow. I'm going to talk about Platinum's top 10 best practices for small business owners. I encourage you, uh, if you're a business owner or a business decision maker, November 14th, it's a Wednesday, half day. Go to bestpracticesconference.com. Check it out. Uh, we'd love to have you there. It's only 79 bucks a person, so we're not charging an arm and a leg. Yeah. Uh, you need to be there, bestpracticesconference.com. Well, and I think about how many business owners don't have ongoing input into their lives because they're always the ones making the decisions, and this really does seem like a great opportunity for small yeah. business owners to come. Very affordable half-day conference. Remind our listeners again if they want to participate where they can go to uh, sign up. Just just go to the website, uh, bestpracticesconference.com. Yeah, highly recommend it. That's Bill English of bibleandbusiness.com. And, Bill, have a great time in Israel. I Next will. week we'll look forward to chatting with you again in a couple of weeks. All right, thanks.